Welcome to Ed Talks, an audio podcast presented by Achieve Minneapolis and the Citizens League. Ed Talks is a lively series of community conversations about public education and related issues that impact our young people. Each Ed Talks features two compelling short presentations by cutting edge educators, youth advocates, students, artists, or community leaders. Ed Talks is supported by a generous grant from the Bush Foundation. This Ed Talks is titled Education and Technology Access Jim Crow in the New World Order. Our featured speaker is Eni Augustine. Eni is a network engineer, social innovator, and serial entrepreneur. In response to outcries from her community in 2020, Eni founded Project Nandi, which provides technical support, laptops, and broadband assistance for Black, Indigenous, Latinx, Asian, and other families to promote educational equity and improve learning outcomes for students. In shifting her own business to the new pandemic norms, Augustine successfully started a social enterprise that, in the words of one mother, completely changed my family's outlook on life. Since May 2020, Project Nandi has served over 100 families and almost 200 children as it strives to make the world a more equitable, accessible place for black and brown people to thrive. You can follow Eni on Instagram at theblacktechguru. Eni will discuss white supremacy in the technology field and how it impacts education, particularly for children of color. She'll share her lived experiences as a black woman in hostile educational and workplace environments and her work as a founder of Project Nandi, which is restoring educational access to children of color during the COVID-19 pandemic. She will also map the ways that the digital divide harms children of color by criminalizing them, keeping them in poverty, and excluding them from education, traumas that all carry into adulthood. This virtual Ed Talk was streamed online on May 4th, 2021. I remember the day of my first Network Plus training at MCTC. The teacher asked for volunteers and I was so excited I raised my hand and he lined me up at the front of the class and said, this woman likely will not pass my class. Most people don't pass my class. So I'm going to give everyone the opportunity today that if you feel like you are not capable of this class, you should just leave. Don't remove the plastic from your book. Because if you remove the plastic from your book, you won't be able to return it. You'll be out all that money. Humiliated and ashamed, I was still steadfast. I decided that I was going to pass the class. I failed. That experience taught me that Technology was not going to be an easy field, that aggressiveness and potentially even violence could be used against me. I didn't really find out how true that was going to be until the quarantine. During the quarantine, I was working all over the state, working furiously, sweating and cursing, trying to keep the grid up. I was in the middle of cornfields and central offices, trying to upgrade servers that were literally hissing under the weight of the increased demand during quarantine. 
one day I was sent to the Mall of America to do a survey for a new donut shop that was opening, yes, during quarantine. As I tried to get into the mall, uh, which was locked, the police came, lights blaring, guns pulled with drug dogs, and questioned me what I was doing there. As I explained that I had been sent on a job order to do technical support for a donut shop, they refused to believe me. Again, guns pointed at me. And I realized in that moment that the extreme danger I was in, the sacrifices that I was making to try and keep this country going in our time of need, meant nothing compared to the color of my skin. And I realized in that moment that my life was literally worth less than a donut shop. The digital divide means that black and people of color are systematically kept from technology, internet, uh, and, and access to employment, housing, and jobs. And technology is the actual system of oppression that is used to keep the status quo. It's not accidental. Uh, during quarantine, I realized that most of the black and brown children in my neighborhood did not have access to laptops or internet and we're trying to go to school on cell phones and tablets. And that's why I launched Project Nandi. I had been repairing laptops for over 10 years on my own, just to have cheap laptops available for a lot of the immigrants and people of color that I knew that couldn't afford to spend hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars on computers. And so I gave all of those away uh, and then started fundraising to be able to provide more of them to more people because I saw that the schools were not doing the work. Um, even into the summer, families and parents had not been contacted with resources. And so I launched Project Nandi with the support of my community to help close the digital divide. And the digital divide is a purposeful system of oppression intended to reserve knowledge of technology for the male, white, chosen few. Just last week, a child was paddled by a principal in Florida for accidentally breaking a computer. Here in Minnesota, an East African U of M student was physically threatened by staff when he attempted to rent a computer that was his right as a student at the U of M. People talk about systemic racism as though it's accidental, inadvertent, and almost invisible. And I'm here to tell you today that real violence is used to keep people out of technology education, keep people out of technology, period. And it's a sad state of affairs. Uh, I, as a black woman in technology, am less than 1% of the workforce in America. And this comes with the knowledge that 
Some of the first computers were black people, were black women. The movie Hidden Figures has brought more attention to that fact, but just as in any industry, most industries in America, black people were the first. We were the first farmers. We were the first um, mechanical things. We were the first computers. And people don't realize that a computer essentially at first was simply a human being that did advanced mathematical calculations. So why is it that at companies like Google and Facebook, black employment is less than 3%? Well, I mean, not only is it a toxic environment, typically for black people, it can be physically dangerous, as I've uh, demonstrated to you so far. And the fact is, is that Computer language is conducted in zeros and ones, and zero originates in Egypt and Africa. So again, there could literally be no computers without black people, yet we are systematically attacked and forced out of the industry. And again, that's not an accident because knowledge of technology is used, is, is again, its own system of oppression that is used to surveil, abuse, and, and hurt communities of color. And so I started Project Nandi to close the digital divide and help people of color step into their birthright of access and knowledge for technology. Um, my program comes from love. Project Nandi is named after Queen Nandi of the Zulus, uh, who is one of history's historical single mothers who raised Shaka Zulu, one of the uh, most famous and, in some people's opinion, best kings of the Zulus on her own. As she fought for her child's education and potential, I also fight for every child of color's education and potential. And in 2021, that means access to technology and knowledge of how to use it. Some of the strategies that I use within Project Nandi, uh, again, come from wanting to show people that the community cares about them. While I give out laptops and desks and resources, I really give hope and an experience that's positive during a time when so very much is negative. With each family that I work with, I talk to them about what their needs are. It's all family directed. Uh, I provide food. I help them get connected to broadband internet and whatever resources they need. Many of our children have physical disabilities with hearing or uh, sight. So getting them the technology they need to be able to um, access education in a way that makes sense for them. That's what we do at Project Nandi. And so it seems pretty simple, but for whatever reason, other organizations have kind of struggled in this area um, for years. And again, the key is creating an experience that's warm, that's welcoming, and that's family-based. We never separate the child out from their family, from their environment to work with them. Uh, so that they're comfortable, we meet them where they are and work with them at their level and customize it so that they're comfortable. 
One of the messages that I share with every parent that we work with is I tell them thank you. Parenting is not easy work. It's done for free and with very little support. And I think from some of the news we've heard recently, we see what happens when children are unsupervised. And just imagine what would happen if every parent gave up, what the world would be like. We are unprepared for a hot child summer, I can tell you that right now. And so I tell every family and every parent, whether it's going well or it's going badly, good job, because you're still going. And the work that you do is meaningful for our way of life to keep our society going. And this is the least that we as a community can do to support you. Removing the idea of yourself as a savior or as an expert is key to working with communities of color, especially when it comes to technology. Imagine how that child that was paddled in Florida for breaking a, community, a, a computer is now going to relate to technology. She's going to be terrified of touching cell phones, of touching laptops, of them breaking, of her being hurt again. And that is the situation that's set up for people of color. And then when people of color feel uncomfortable around technology or don't want to use it, they're then blamed for it. When, when they tried to access it, they were rebuffed. When they tried to use it, they were punished. And now everyone's suddenly confused about why they don't like technology when it's been used to physically oppress them. Uh, even social media, uh, Mark Zuckerberg is one of the most mediocre, dangerous men in America, fully responsible for uh, January 6th and even the rise of the right wing. Um, and those are some of the outcomes to having a digital divide. People of color, not only are we some of the originators of some of these technologies that we're using, we have a right to be able to have that knowledge, to be able to carry it with us and to be able to pass it on. So some of the ways that I lower barriers to technology is number one, by making it about more than a computer. I don't just drop a laptop off at these homes they're custom decorated in the child's favorite colors. If they have puppies, there's puppies on them. If they have basketball, there's a basketball on it. Uh, and I, I make sure that they're comfortable. I make sure everything works. And I let them know that if it doesn't, it may not be their fault. I also let them know that if anything happens with the computer, they don't have to be afraid because we will fix it for them at no additional cost. And our, I mean, our families don't pay anything for our services anyway. But just to let them know that they're not alone. This is not a one and done situation. This is an ongoing relationship that we're building. Um, and it's worked so far. Meeting people where they at, within the family, where they're comfortable has absolutely worked. We even had a family where the mother and daughter were in school together. After all this time, the mother finally decided to go back and get her GED and her and her daughter sat down at the table together learning. Now, part of this is also broadband equity. A lot of the homes that I went to uh, did not have broadband access, and getting that broadband access was an upward, was an upward hill battle. 
when they would call in to the cable company or phone company, they would get what I call slammed, where they would get signed up for a more expensive package and were told on the phone, I heard them being told on the phone, that they would later be able to sign up for the cheaper um, low-cost packages, which was not true. And so they were being taken advantage of. And, you know, what I'm saying is public knowledge. Comcast slash Xfinity has been caught doing this, has been fined for doing this, and continues to do this. Um, and again, it's families, families of color that get caught in the crossfire. So something as simple as helping them place that order online or being on the, on the phone with them when they call has really helped the families just be able to get access to the things and discounts that they're entitled to. So these small little changes where we center the child and we center the family around the service rather than the other way around has been very successful for us so far. We've worked with close to 200 families and children uh, this school year. And so moving forward, our goals are to make technology more accessible through a couple different strategies. So we are going to be starting a technology-based experimental garden in North Minneapolis and use it as a way to provide free community Wi-Fi for the block that our garden is located on. And the idea is to invite the community to come garden. And gosh, anyone can dig a hole or pour some water, right? Well, while you're here, why don't we just build a network cabinet? <laughs> I already have all the materials. Sure, you can cut some wire too. And so again, just using these methods to make people aware that they have the capacity and the capability to do this specialized magic called internet or called technology. Uh, technology is obviously bigger than a computer. It's, it's cell phones, it's TVs, it's cameras now. And so adjusting the meaning of technology from something that is so lofty and unattainable something real that they can touch, that they can feel. I think that's going to be the key, and that has been the key to a lot of our success. And so moving forward, uh, that is what we are focused on. We're kind of meeting at the intersection of art and technology, of humanity and technology, and getting comfortable being there. And I think that that is going to be the key to moving forward and closing the digital divide and bringing more people of color back into technology. And I say back into technology because, again, as the original originators of many of these technologies, we've been pushed out. Our intellectual, intellectual property has been stolen, um, and, and we need to reclaim that. And so that is what Project Nandi is about, and that's what my mission is about, and that's something that is critical for me uh, moving forward into the future. Thanks. Ed Talks is presented by Achieve Minneapolis and the Citizens League. Thanks to our generous sponsor, the Bush Foundation. For more information on Ed Talks, or to watch Ed Talks videos or listen to audio podcasts, visit AchieveMPLS.org.